Hello and welcome to Season 4 of the Believe in Overwatch League Podcast from the Believe Podcast Network. We are Matt and Kevin, and each week we're bringing you news about gaming, pop culture, and of course, Overwatch. This week we cover game rentals, Blizzard, and more Overwatch League. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to week three of the Believe in Overwatch League podcast. Hope you are having a great end of May. Um, yeah, it's hard to, be- dude, it's hard to believe that like next week is going to be June. Like we'll be halfway through the year. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I only determine time in terms of uh, anime seasons. So, yeah, <laughs> we're, we'll, we'll get there. I'm so behind on like watching any anime. Like I'll I'll get pretty far in a series and I'll just completely fall off. Like I I still have I think I'm like 3 seasons behind my hero. I need to watch the entire like last season of uh, Attack on Titan. I have the rest of season 2 to watch of um Demon Slayer. And then that does that's not even to mention like I was going to go and watch like old stuff like i was gonna watch evangelion i was gonna watch jojo's i was gonna watch cowboy bebop again nope not happening so how have you been kevin besides measuring time in in japanese cartoons uh pretty pretty stressed not gonna lie um (laughs) i am uh i'm finishing up my last week at the escape room before i take a hiatus um because I, I got another position which I can I can now officially disclose. Um so um I am the I am a summer camp instructor for UC Berkeley esports. Ooh. So what does that teaching, entail for you? Yeah, so I will be teaching kids um like essentially life lessons through gaming, but also just like uh how to how to play on a pro team like the kind of mentality that you need to have in order to play at the highest level mm-hmm. um and like it, it could be any game but preferably like games that i know so uh i might be playing you know more overwatch may, maybe a bit of valorant pokemon vgc depends on what the kids really want to learn and it, it's all about like just being able to like teach them like the joys of you know competitive gaming um, whether it is just through the you know esports part of it of like the competing half of it or if it is through like the the media and the streaming part of it so mm-hmm. it's kind of a fun job um for now but it is a summer gig so hopefully i could snowball that into something more permanent later down the line hopefully i can do that but uh we will we'll see how it goes especially with uh with everything else and i the the reason why i'm mainly stressed is because like there's so much like there's so much paperwork oh god that goes into it um like not only did i have to do like fingerprints background checks um like i'm in the middle of doing like first aid training um Mm -hmm. then that like i had to do like a seven hour course like online of of that training and then sit through like four different meetings about protocol and stuff like that and it's not even done yet i still have to take like an in-person cpr class so (laughs) it's it's just like a lot of paperwork, a lot of sh- like things that I didn't like. I was one of the last people to get brought on, so 
all of the stuff is like just snowballing onto that. And then I'm still working at the escape room, you know, eight hours a day. So um, mm-hmm. it, it's just been a lot of stuff just piling up. So are you going to have to make the uh, the curriculum of the the summer camp? Or is that like, is someone else helping you or how's that going to happen? So apparently there's like, a, there's a very like basic like format yeah and um it is it's just like we do x y and z um and then the guy who runs the thing said like hey like the format is kind of loose it's kind of like what we have like set and kind of what we promise the promise what we would teach to the kids but Mm -hmm. anything that goes into it because it's like it's really not very like specific um it can be used to like show something else. So I, I can see if I can find it. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, yeah, it it's still really loose, and I'm I'm fine with that. Like I'm fine with just like, um, I'm fine with like kind of creating my own curriculum and things that the students kind of want to focus on. You know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. It, it's it's better. I think it's always better for kids when they have some input on what they're doing and what they're learning especially over summer and especially with something cool like video games you know yeah like i don't i don't want to teach a kid you know a certain game that they don't want to play so it's way better if i let them enjoy what they can learn you know yeah yeah for sure uh what about you matt how's everything going on your end how's uh how's how's everything going (laughs) it's uh it's a little less stressful this week than it has been. Um, I don't, I only had rehearsal one day today. So I just had, a, I had a little bit of more time to, to chill. I got to play a little bit of overwatch today. Um, I had to also had to run out today and um, help my sister get stuff for her grad cap. Cause she is graduating tomorrow and it's her birthday tomorrow. So it's going to be a, a very big day for, 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 for her tomorrow. So this is, <laughs> Ugh, it's gonna be a lot. Um, also, like this is our I this is our last week working with DC, so or mm. like, our last full week. Um, we have technically only Tuesday next week because Monday is a holiday. Oh my god, I'm so excited for that holiday Monday. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah. So since Monday is a a holiday, Tuesday is our last day working with DC, which should be interesting because we're going to the office and i'm going to the office to work for the first time and apparently there's a whole bunch of just dc garbage that we're trying to get rid of so they said bring a bring a duffel bag so i can take free stuff home yeah it's late i'm tired i'm not wording properly um it's all good but then also uh i'm moving on to work on the the lord of the rings show for amazon so i will be doing the social media for that we get to, I, I don't know if i'm allowed to say this but i doubt they listen to the podcast but i will be next week getting to see a little bit of what the show is looking like so i'm excited for that and now i have to go find a copy of the lord of the rings to like read the appendices because that's what the show is based on it's not based on the silmarillion like i thought it was going to be no it's based on the appendices of like the return of the king so like 150 pages of just random backstory that tolkien wrote yeah so it's crazy so kevin you you sent me this esports camp thing yeah um so this is just the basis yeah the header photo photo is a kind of kind of a yikes but 
Um, <laughs> it's got Sinatra on there, so that's why it's the little bit of a young. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's Sinatra, Moth, you know, like old SF Shock, and I'm like, come on, guys, just couldn't have had anyone other than Sinatra, and they're like, Moth, we're I don't, fine. I don't just... know, man. I <laughs> I'm not the one who made the banner, so. <laughs> but also, um, how could they not know if they're an esports thing? They they're they're not. This is a brand new camp. They said it's literally made this year. So I I gotta I gotta let them know like hey. Don't do that. <laughs> but this do. this is just like really basic. It is for um, it it is for uh students who are in middle school right now. So mm-hmm. it's not a lot of like things that I do need to hit, which is pretty pretty nice, honestly. So um, yeah, it starts at nine a.m. and then it goes to like four, and most of it is just like it's more like team building, gameplay, um, focusing on like certain like skills in order to like get them ready um and i have them for five days a week so um just being able to kind of tell them like hey this is what you guys want to focus on this is what i want like you guys to be most comfortable with um and so on and so forth so i really do hope that you know i hope that people enjoy it um and if anything the the kids get to have you know a lot of fun at Mm. least trying to trying to learn esports or at least having fun with like playing the games in general um but yeah it's not like very descriptive which is pretty okay so for me when it comes to like um teaching this class like the teacher just said like hey like this is kind of just like the basics but like you can kind of do whatever as long as it's as long as there's like a certain like amount that needs to get in there so yeah um and then it, it's kind of weird too, because like I had to take like this class about like essentially teaching what I can and cannot do. And one of them was like, oh yeah, you shouldn't have the the personal like information of you know any of your students, which makes sense, but yeah. like at the same time it becomes like um if I cannot like I'm not supposed to like you know interact with them after hours, which is fine. But at the same time, it becomes like, um, what if I need to set up a scrim for them, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, what if I want them to face off against, like, RU or something like that? Or, you know, the Berkeley B team. Um, how would I get that information to them without telling them to, like, you can't add me? <laughs> like, we have to go and create, like, a custom lobby and then, like, have to jump through, like, 80 hoops in order to make it happen. But, yeah, um, it. It is kind of a kind of a pain in that fact, but I do think that like once I get, you know, the once I figure out like how the kids want to play the games and what they want to do, I could definitely get them into mm-hmm. the proper mindset to have fun right. and uh, and enjoy esports, which is going to be a lot of fun. Two p.m. virtual reality optional and or additional esports gameplay. Yeah, so we can have a we can have a VR break if we wanted to. Um, which is one thing that I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Like I could, I could go and like, be like, okay, guys, we're going to play Beat Saber. <laughs> like, we're all just going to go in here. We're going to play some super hot for fun. Uh, we're just going to shake things up and then go back into tournament and competitive play immediately after. Um, but for the most part, it is probably just going to leak into like, essentially like after lunch, uh, there's like a little bit of like, there's like a half hour of like discussion of like things that we should focus on and then it just becomes two hours of just straight practice of like 
we're about to like try this out i hope that you guys enjoy you know figuring out certain things that you guys want to try in game um and yeah i feel like that's going to be interesting so it depends on like if i get kids who like love overwatch right mm-hmm. i'm definitely going to be like okay so um we're going to go talk about positioning we're going to talk about certain strategies we're going to go try it um on certain maps if it works it works if not you know it's all good uh learn about timing shot calling like all that kind of stuff so it, it sounds like a lot of fun and i'm i'm kind of excited to see where this goes because it's not going to be like right out the gate like uh like i have a couple weeks to go ahead and like test everything yeah um so like essentially after uh after memorial day week like the weekend weekend um i have like some classes that i could go ahead and sit down and like talk to people about the curriculum and what they want to teach mm-hmm. um but the thing that i like definitely want to get out of it is like i want to i want to inspire the next generation of gamers to like understand like hey there's a lot more than just like playing the game and being good like yeah yeah there is teamwork there's coordination there's a lot of like there's a lot of things that go beyond the game that make good esports players um and if i could teach that to them that's the most important thing that comes out of it you know yeah there's there's skills to be learned in esports that are not initially apparent yeah it's like playing once again it's like playing basketball it's all a matter of like getting everybody on the same page and then making it work out. Um, if that works, it, it works. It's good. It's going to be great. So I hope that that is what I could instill onto these kids. Well, good luck. Hopefully that, that all turns out well for you. It seems like a very exciting opportunity for the kiddos. Yeah. And if you, if you guys are interested or happen to be in the Berkeley area, uh, you can still sign up for these classes. Um, it is through uh, Berkeley Recreational Sports. So if you guys are going to, you know, if you guys want to have me as a teacher, I guess you guys could show up and try it. Or if your kid wants to try it, definitely, like, bring them in. I'll teach them Overwatch. I'll teach them whichever games, like, they want to try. As long as I have, like, a somewhat understanding of it, um, we should be good. And I, I wouldn't even put it past me if they decided to be like, hey, we're going to do, like... <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna teach these kids how to play mario party i'm like okay sure oh God. like <laughs> competitive mario party 1v1s let's go all right so let's get into the news of the week um a little bit of a fun nft uh update for y'all so you know seth green right kevin i i think so who 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 would be he this- is the guy who created or at least, i think he at least co-created robot chicken he plays chris on family guy oh okay he's um scotty in the austin powers movies so yeah he's a uh a a rather well-known like comedian actor in the comedian actor space (laughs) but um so apparently he's also been very into collecting the the nfts and he was even at one point um building a show completely around his rather large nft collection there's a um there's actually a trailer that for his show that was supposed to be coming out that was created the show is called or i don't know if to use is or was in this um because his show white horse tavern 
was supposed to be centered around his bored ape um nft i think he had one bored ape like two mutant apes or whatever um but it was centered around his um his ape fred simeon but apparently seth green got scammed and he lost all of his or a bunch of his nfts i think he had four nfts stolen and immediately bought up by other people so now he no longer owns the rights to those characters and when like <laughs> when your show was built around a character and you no longer have the rights to that character um it's kind of hard to have a show so that the person who owns the nft is not going to um not going to return the nft like he's not just going to give it to seth green because apparently he paid a lot of money for it i think it was around two hundred thousand he paid for this pdf and so he said he's willing to like reach out and talk to seth green about it but he's not just going to give him back his rights to this monkey because according to this individual they um they paid for it fair and square there was like no ill intent towards this um and like the, the nft ownership thing and the scamming is like according to some of the articles i've written it's such a new space that the courts if if this does go to court because seth green is potentially implying that if he doesn't get the rights to his nft back he's going to go to court um according to the articles that i've read this is so new that there's no real legal precedent for it and they don't know how to legislate it although it looks like from what certain legal experts are saying the courts will likely swing in the direction of if you're buying an nft you should have done more due diligence on who the previous owner was and if this was like legally theirs to sell or rightfully theirs to sell um but yeah i mean the show looks like you've seen like the amazing world of gumball or like who framed roger rabbit right kevin Mm -hmm. it the show is kind of like that it's like real people in a bar the the monkey is the bartender and it's like these people interacting with these cartoon characters in like a a live action animation hybrid show which is like eh. this is this is weird you went from like the highs of robot chicken to this seth green why i don't know it might have just been like a commentary of like how crazy or how you know how far can you push it um so i i think that was it i'm just i'm a little interested in just seeing what he decided or what he's gonna try to do with it you know um but i uh yeah i don't know just getting out of the whole nft thing in general was you know a a good idea (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, a good as reason any to get out of NFT, Seth. Um, so moving on, um, this is an article that popped up randomly as I was scrolling through Facebook. Um, but there's the question that Forbes put in an article. One of their writers is like, is Metacritic still relevant? Now, if you don't know what Metacritic is, it's a review site where they kind of aggregate a bunch of 
it's kind of like Rotten Tomatoes for video games. It's where they aggregate a bunch of different reviews and they kind of give it a um, an average uh, critic score and then an average user score. And for a long time, I guess it was considered one of the better gauges of video games of what is worth the purchase, what is not, whether you should get a game, whether you should not. Um, but according to Forbes, um, from what they have observed, Metacritic doesn't really have as much of a, a stranglehold on the industry and whether or not games are getting bought as it used to. Uh, the case study that they are mainly focusing on for at least this article was the brand new Evil Dead game that came out. It's the it's kind of like, I guess, maybe Dead by Daylight, except it's completely focused on Bruce Campbell's Ash Williams from the Evil Dead franchise, of course. But the 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 scores are kind of like middling they're like high mid to high sevens but the game has apparently been doing pretty well which i think has a lot to do with it being streamer bait um but according to forbes's analysis what they're believing is that people are not really caring about metacritic as much and they instead are just relying upon word of mouth whether like or seeing the gameplay or having people recommend it to them or having a title that they're interested in and they want to try for themselves regardless of what other people say um i particularly haven't really used metacritic all that much personally but i know i mean just by like them aggregating a bunch of reviews and comparing them against like user reviews i could kind of see it being um considered a fairly accurate gauge but then also there's games like halo infinite which has a huge like metacritic score like an 87 for crit uh for critics and 8.0 for users but it's like still struggling right now to really remain relevant cyberpunk had a decently high score but it's been dragged through the mud so um i'm not sure what what really might have caused this shift if this is in fact an accurate change in the industry and, and change of how Metacritic is kind of regarded. Because if you look at like Rotten Tomatoes, for instance, it continues to be just an absolute driver of whether people are, are going to watch a movie or not, regardless of whether people realize that it's like, it's like based on percentages of positive reviews, not like the average score it's given. Like, not going into Rotten Tomatoes, but it's a very different system. But Rotten Tomatoes continues to be like the the golden standard of whether or not you should watch a movie where I guess Metacritic might be falling off of that. Yeah, it it feels like I haven't used Metacritic in a in a long time. Um it it really does just become like word of mouth and like if people enjoy the game they will talk about it and then other people will play it. So um, it's either that or like streamer culture, you know, like getting streamers involved in the games in general. Uh, that's also a really big plus. So I do think that, that might, that might be the way to go about it. You know, um, if, if you are an up and coming game, just try to get people on board. And uh, especially if it's a game that everybody likes, people will, uh, will pick it up a lot more. So mm -hmm. it, you might not have to rely more on the the critics take but rather what the perception of your game is 
I know everybody has their like different standards of whether or not they want to buy a game, whether or not a game is worth it to them. But for you, Kevin, when you're looking at like what to purchase, what what are your criteria for picking up a game or for your, at least your interest in a game? Um, I I really don't pick up that many games, but like when I do, it's mostly like um, I, I do it for kind of a greedy reason. One is like either for like hanging out with friends like having a game that you could play with people um and they could actually enjoy the other half of it is like good replayable streamer content um <laughs> if you have good content in general people will be on board and want to like watch the gameplay and and play with you or you know watch certain things so like i don't pick up a lot of games that i wouldn't myself play um it's more of just like as long as I have fun with the game and I know that I could play it for, I have like a certain rule to, to like determine if a game is good. Um, the rule is like for every dollar spent, you should be able to get an hour of gameplay. So like, if it is a great game for me, like let's say if it's a, if it's like a $20 game, right? I got to get 20 hours out of that minimum. Um, whether it's like enjoying the story, enjoying you know replayability or if it's just for like party sake and like having a ton of people over for entertainment sake it it is important to have that so um that's how i describe like if a game is good or not um if a game is free it's it's like just good overall <laughs> uh no i play it for more than like you know i would say if i play it for more than like 10 hours then it's considered a good game in my opinion <laughs> Yeah, I kind of look also look for like that replay. Like, am I getting my money's worth out of this game? Like, can I play this for a long time? Um, I also like. I look for a lot of like series or um. What's the word I'm looking for? Not IP, but just like I guess maybe series or characters that like I particularly enjoy or studios like, um. Or genres even too, I don't know. I I kind of just pick up whatever is interesting and looks fun based on the trailers to be honest it doesn't always work out for me but i mean and then it comes a lot of that just comes down to like picking up triple a games because i don't know whether or not like the indie stuff is gonna be worth my money like for example to bring back an, a very old wound um artful escape was just lauded by so many people but i played it and it's not even a game it's a walking simulator and if i had paid money for that i would have been so mad i would have been just so insanely mad that i wasted however many dollars this was on a game that you don't even really have to play like there's no way to fail it there's no stakes in it um as opposed to like pay putting that money towards something like um hades which has been rec was recommended to me won a lot of awards and like had actual good gameplay and a high replay value or something like red dead redemption 2 which is triple a game uh had a very i played that game for so long and i kind of want to go back to it too so there's there's the replay value there's the the length of time and everything so i, I don't know <laughs> what my actual criteria is i just kind of pick up what looks fun 
I mean, that that is it at the end of the day. It's just like, if the game is fun, you're going to play it. Um, yeah. I, I highly agree with that whole like sentiment. It it should just be, if game is good, you will play it. Um, or like at least if it looks interesting enough for you to pick it up. Um, and that goes same thing with like, my my wish list on on steam too it's like Mm -hmm. what is this a game that i would i would try um it doesn't necessarily have to be good it might not even be out yet so um it's just a matter of like is it worth eating or like worth putting the money into it to potentially like enjoy what it is so like the one that i don't know right now obviously it's, it's not out yet but stray have you heard of stray before the name sounds very familiar. Have we talked about it? Was it the cat one? Yes, yeah, the cat one. Okay. So yeah. like I don't I don't know how that game's gonna go. Like I don't know if it's gonna be a good game or a bad game uh, at all. But I do like the idea of it. So uh hopefully I I enjoy the actual gameplay as well. Um we won't know until it comes out, but right now it's still word of mouth of like, is this something that I would play right here right now and enjoy it yeah so i mean like a lot of the games that i indie games that i played like earlier this year and late last year were were games that like looked fun but i didn't know if i wanted to like spend my money on and like game pass gave me the ability to do that in a transition into our next topic people are like debating whether or not game pass is really worth it because a lot of people are unsubscribing from it and what looks like is prompting this kind of mass exodus away from game pass which funny was it was really touted as like one of the biggest features of having an xbox over a playstation or having pc um was the access to game pass but people are are turning away from it because they don't feel like it's worth their money because they're not getting a bunch of new triple a games in the service especially with um starfield being pushed to next year and redfall being pushed next year which are are two pretty big bethesda games that a lot of people were really looking forward to um a lot of people are saying it's not worth my money because you're paying roughly 15 dollars a month for game pass and if there's like for for them it's like there's nothing that I want to play right now that is worth this exorbitant amount of money. Um, I'm just going to wait until the triple a games drop and then I might come back. Um, But then that also ignores like a lot of the, again, like the indie games or like the old games that like people were not able to play maybe because they didn't have an Xbox back then, or like they just never picked up the game or want to give it a try or something. So um, there, there is like, I mean, there, there is, validity in the the triple a argument but like um when i can't remember who originally posted this article um or or posted a take on this but xbox game pass replied on twitter said that said um tell me you only play triple a games without telling me you only play triple a games or something like that but it was like hitting on people who don't give indie games or see the value in indie games as much as they do in triple a games which is like again it for for the money aspect of it i can understand but for like the artistry and 
I guess, innovation or growth of the industry, like it's kind of a, a detrimental position to have, you know? Yeah. And I do agree. Like, um, by only prioritizing AAA games, like you, yeah, you may get on board with like playing some of these games and so on and so forth, but, um, you lose out on the ability to support like indie games. Um, that might not get the shit, the, the chance in the spotlight. And if that happens to be the correct answer here, um, I, I hope that more like companies take a chance on smaller games because usually those end up blossoming into something that they can be very profitable later down the line. Now, something else that was, that came, uh, was brought up, I guess, around this time um, or in the articles that I've been reading is that um, the former leader of, of Xbox, his name is Ed Fries or Freeze. I don't know how that's pronounced. Could be Fries or could be Freeze like Dr. Freeze. Um, he was a former vice president of Microsoft Game Publishing, launched the original Xbox. Um, in, in a podcast recently, he his position on Xbox was that it scared him because it he feels that it might be detrimental or not Xbox. His position on Game Pass is that it might be detrimental to the industry as a whole um, in that it might cause people to stop buying games. Uh, in looking at the model that Spotify did for the gaming industry, which is what he cited and is his basis for this kind of fear um spotify kind of ruined the the music industry because previously in order to to listen to a song you had to buy the album or buy the song individually now with services like spotify you really don't need to do that you can just listen to it on spotify which took a lot of money away from like the music publishers and the musicians themselves so now they have they're like forced to tour all the time and that's how mostly musicians and artists and companies will get their money is through those touring schedules which has only gotten more grueling and instead of like actual music sales because a lot of people don't want to pay for music now when they can just either listen to spotify for free or pay for a, a lower monthly fee where they're not just getting what's limited to this album they're getting the entire library of spotify for that low price so um it's interesting to to see that what his fears are compared to what is, I guess, actually currently happening with Spotify and that people, I guess, would rather just buy the AAA game than pay for the streaming service because they're not feeling the value there, which is an interesting, interesting dichotomy that Spotify is succeeding where Game Pass, which was previously just completely seen as a, a godsend to gamers is kind of floundering right now yeah it is kind of a it it does make it very difficult for gaming companies to to promote smaller games if you know us as a as like a player base only want the triple a games and i do understand that it is kind of like it is kind of tough to hunger down on it but that is kind of 
what our culture is in, in terms of like in terms of getting the games that we want we all have to focus in on on these like ridiculous things such as game pass and like i do understand like people are not going to start buying games if they have access to it so early um or if they have it as kind of like a like a subscription-based model essentially um people aren't going to want to buy the full thing because why would i if i can get it for pretty cheap in the first place right um yeah i don't know if that is going to be the case forever but i hope that uh i hope that we can somehow change that um and more people go back to buying their games and like really supporting the the creators that way it's just a strange thing to me that like with with access to like indie games and how how the industry is just flooded with indie games and like game, game pass is an opportunity to play a lot of those that people aren't biting on that like 12 minutes was spectacular i played a, another indie game called um super liminal which was like a really fun really cool mind trip that i never would have tried if not for game pass and i'm I'm wondering is not to wish good on microsoft because i'm i'm just not a fan of microsoft but like do you think there's anything that they could do to kind of have the same ubiquity as spotify not that that's a good thing because again like spotify killed the music industry but like playing devil's advocate here what do you think like the only thing i could think of is lower the price or maybe have like different tiers of 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 game pass like one that's like only triple a or one that's like more expansive i don't know how that will work unless you're like continually flooding the service with triple a games but yeah I'd- I don't know if they want to do that. Like if they want to add more AAA games because like people only want the AAA games, right? Or like that's kind of kind of the thing that we've kind of come to a consensus is like people just want to play the the big name games, but um at the same time it takes away a lot from smaller games in general. Um if they were to go to a subscription-based model and have options for their AAA games as well, like I guess it could work, but honestly, I don't see it being like big enough for. I I don't see it becoming big enough for like gamers to really like take advantage of it or want to pay that much in order to just have access to a AAA game, um, just for a rental or just for a short amount of time, you know. Mm-hmm. So speaking of rentals, you know what's still kind of alive kevin gamefly Ooh, what what (laughs) have you ever used gamefly i've always seen like the ads but i was like my parents never let me do that it was like for me it was super rare to ever like rent a game at like blockbuster or something back when Mm -hmm. blockbuster still existed like i remember back in i think it was 2004 ish like the only game that they would ever let us rent because it was rated like e was Tack in the Power of Juju 2, or Tack 2 in the Staff of Dreams, because <laughs> it was multiplayer and it was rated E, but it was only like for a week at a time. And I couldn't even play on the weekday, so it was like a, a weekend rush grind thing. 
Yeah. But apparently, Gamefly is still around. And not only that, the Gamefly is still renting games on the PS2, Xbox, and the Nintendo GameCube. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, they're not a lot of games, but they're still on there. And apparently, people are still renting them. Um, so on the Xbox, like this is the original Xbox, like the very first one. Um, you can rent Marvel Nemesis, Rise of the Imperfects, and Full Spectrum Warrior, which is looks like some old World War II-ish kind of game. Um, on the PS2, you can rent The Incredibles, which I have played, which is a lot of fun. Um, Persona 3, Ooh, FES, Jack 3, Sylphied the Lost Planet, Rugby 2004, We Love Katamari, <laughs> okay. Nightshade, Max Payne, The Fall of Max Payne. Oh, if you thought 2004 was funny, listen to this. NHL 2001 and NHL 2002. Oh, those are the those are the good ones. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know they made a rugby video game. Yeah, I, I didn't know that that existed either. <laughs> and then on the GameCube, you can rent Looney Tunes back in action hey. based, on, based on the movie and Mario Superstar Baseball. Hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, that's something. Yeah. I mean, I'm just it's so interesting because I was also looking at some articles that like people are saying, oh, thank God. Finally, like the industry is moving on to the next gen consoles and like transitioning away from the the ps4 and the xbox one and they're they're just like games are not being made for these older systems as much um but you've still got people playing on the nintendo gamecube and renting stuff from gamefly i mean if gamefly is the only one filling the niche people are gonna figure figure that out you know Mm -hmm. um to take advantage of it like like yeah if they had some good wii games i might i might even pick up from gamefly just because we we have that available um i have like a wii that that is functioning so why not take a shot at it you know <laughs> right I, yeah mine is still work working i, I recently bought the uh, the WarioWare game for the wii because that was a good one not the switch one the switch one's terrible um but yeah my 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 wii still works my gamecube still works i think my PS2 still works if I can find it somewhere. The Xbox 360 still works. Like I could, I, I could rent right now. I could rent Incredibles too. Oh my god, I could rent the Incredibles. Yeah, if they had uh, NBA Street, I'd be. I could I'd rent be Rugby 2004 if I wanted to. <laughs> the award-winning game Rugby <laughs> 2004. Oh boy, do you ever rent games back in the day, Kevin? Uh, I don't think i rented that many games i think i saved up and just bought whichever game i wanted uh-huh. um but i didn't like yeah I, I never really like explored other genres until you know uh until i started getting more into gaming in general so right yeah like it was super rare for me and again i only i only had a gamecube at the time um and i could only rent games that were like rated t and that were i think multiplayer so that my brother could also play 
but it was just, mm-hmm. it was so rare. It, like it almost never happened. Um, we like, we, we'd always ask our parents, Oh, can we rent this? And it, like, they rarely ever say yes. So when they did say yes, it's like, Oh, Oh my God. Oh yeah. We also rented like the SpongeBob battle for bikini bottom games and stuff like that too. I remember playing that. With oh, that's a good brother. game. Yeah. I forgot. It was on the, the PlayStation um, plus free games. The, the, remastered one i forgot to get it so i'm mad at myself even though i hate platforming games that would have been like a huge nostalgia kick for me so i'm i'm mad at myself i only have myself to blame um but but moving on more with these notes um guess what happened yesterday kevin uh i don't know overwatch turned six yesterday jesus that is one ugly toddler it's not even a toddler anymore it's a first grader my dude oh it's my a first god grader. <laughs> that's crazy our game has now taken the step from kindergartner to first grader it can read oh i don't i don't like that <laughs> tell, it, tell it to be dumb again <laughs> i mean back when it was dumb it was more fun to be honest. it was more fun when it was dumb yeah so that happened um six whole years it's hard to believe yeah it like it i does remember when the trailers like... were coming out for that or the 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 first cinematic was playing on tv and it's like okay this looks fine i'll pick it up yeah now six years later we're all we're all salty veterans <laughs> we're like this game sucks why am i still playing it I was yeah really, why am i still we... playing this i hate this game <laughs> As we load into our 12th comp match of the night, Tolstra yeah. loss. Just one more. <laughs> <laughs> I'll gain some SR back. I gotta do it. Um, But happy things gone. Um, Blizzard is being sued again for something completely different. Um, they are apparently being sued over the, um, the card pack expansions for Hearthstone. So the, the, the lawsuit against blizzard is mostly under the fact that like kids can make purchases on these games using their parents credit cards and they don't really know what they're doing this is hearkening back to the whole um uh loot box thing with star wars battlefront 2 um so there's a parent in arizona that claims his child purchased i think 300 dollars roughly of card packs for hearthstone and these once you buy these packs like you can't return them obviously um and like there's no indicator to tell you like your chances of getting like the really rare really good cards so that is the basis of this lawsuit and then all this can be done with miners um and that miners make a large part of blizzard's audience and customer base so based upon that um that's where the lawsuit is being built. Um, I don't know how successful this honestly will be considering like, even with all the stuff that came out with the loot boxes back with battlefront two, like there were attempts to get loot boxes banned at least in the United States that did not go through. Um, there are some countries where, loot boxes have been severely limited if not outright banned like i know in belgium uh loot boxes were 
completely banned and you can't buy loot boxes there anymore. I'm not sure what they did to um to to pivot away from that and still kind of earn cosmetics. Um in Japan, I think according to um Kotaku or no according to Screen Rant, um in Japan, uh loot boxes and stuff like that are unjustifiable uh complete gotcha games and like loot boxes and stuff uh, violate Japanese laws because they are unjustifiable premiums and misleading representation. Um, so complete gotcha games are banned. Um, there are probably some other workarounds there in China. I think they have, you have to like say what the odds are of you getting a certain item and items of certain rarity. Um, and you can only buy a certain number of loot boxes per day. Um, Netherlands, I think there's a, a um, th- there's a little bit of a ban in in there. It's gambling stuff there. It's weird because in the Netherlands, some loot boxes are banned completely outright. Um, I guess the ones that you can sell are banned outright, but things you can earn are okay because they don't have any market value. You're not really buying them; you're earning them, which is, I guess, where a lot of these lawsuits were starting in the beginning it's under the purchase um in the netherlands loot boxes are are referred to as small scale bingo and have integral elements that are similar to slot machines so we play bingo every time we open a loot box kevin that's pretty fun (laughs) yeah um but yeah no and then the um the the the, belgium completely banned them outright so i i honestly don't think this is going to take in the u.s I think maybe in other countries you might be more successful, but the U.S. said nah, nah. Yeah, I don't. I don't see them banning loot boxes anytime soon. It's just something that, like, has been the way how we we operate in game right now. Um, I don't know if that's for the for the greater good of gaming, but I don't know if. Uh, really have another solution to it right now other than just like letting us straight up buy the buy the item that we want but uh we'll see we'll see if that ends up being the case ever um okay so for the last thing blizzard revealed the most played characters in the overwatch 2 beta um they released some graphs online which i don't have the brain power to really navigate through and and comprehend especially because there's not they're not really well explained um, some characters are bolded in it and some are kind of duller. It might have to do with like their their weighted usage rates. Um, because they created a set they created one chart that's just the rate hu- hero usage rate timeline across the days of the beta. Um they also showed a chart with weighted rates where the character usage rates are weighted against how many other heroes there are in the same role. Um and I mean I mean, the, I, the one of the most predictable results of this is just that Sojourn started at the top at the beginning of the beta. Everyone wanted to obviously to try Sojourn and then she kind of fell off as time went on, which may be correlated to why we don't see her really used in League as much because maybe she's not as useful right now or as 
handy in the current meta as some other heroes but if you want you can just you can look at that online i don't have the brain power to to think about this but just based on these this usage data and this information um the overwatch team did say that they are going to take this information and do a lot more tweaks to the heroes and that we should be getting more information regarding that around the 16th of june which for some reason it sticks in my mind that june 16th 2005 was the or 2006 was the last day of fifth grade for me i don't know why that sticks in my brain it's just that time of the night <laughs> <laughs> and we still have to record the gameplay episode the league oh episode, yeah Kevin. <laughs> fun i think this is time for us to stop talking about news right now yeah. unless you have anything that you'd like to to finish off with us kevin any anything you'd like to add at the very end of our ramble session um not nah, just just enjoy poke not, not pokemon i almost <laughs> said pokemon unite man my brain is all over the place i mean you can um, enjoy pokemon unite there's nothing stopping i mean you. yeah there, there, there's nothing stopping you um but yeah overall just uh enjoy overwatch there's gonna be a lot of like hopefully you know um we are slowly approaching that summer season i will tell you how my wallet is going to be looking um once we start getting into the steam summer sale um another thing i I, this is just a fun thing that i've been playing um there is a fan-made version of like a pokemon game which is the same style as um as inscription which is another card game so it's not like Pokemon, the it's not like the Pokemon card game, but it is just like a fun style of game. If you guys want to try it, it's called Pocket Crystal League. Um, but it's like it's like playing Pokemon, but with a uh, with cards that's not Pokemon cards, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. All right, everyone. Thanks for tuning into our news episode. Hope y'all brains are are doing better than ours. We're just very tired, very stressed, 20-somethings. It's yeah. hard. <laughs> it it We're is trying. difficult. We're trying. The hustle culture is killing us slowly. It's reducing our brains to mush. We hope you can understand. Thanks, guys, for tuning in, though. And please listen to our gameplay episode. Um, tr- play it in the background while you're doing something important. Or or use, use us to lull you to sleep. Um whatever you do thanks for listening as always guys and we will catch you next week adios next week we update you on the overwatch league and the world of gaming thanks for listening to this week's episode if you like what you hear Please like, rate, and subscribe to us, and follow us on all social media at Believe in OWL. Questions or comments? Send us an email at BLEAVNOWL at gmail.com. If you'd like to advertise with us, you can contact the Believe Podcast Network. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V 
on YouTube.